I just don't give up. I don't let the word no really enter into my life. It's number 209 and we're looking fine. Yep. Ladies, welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast, your home for amazing, very real stories about phenomenal businesswomen in all sorts of different industries over all sorts of different parts of the world who are here to share the real stories of how they've grown their businesses so that you can take some practical ideas and go implement them in your business. Now, if you're just starting your business, there's an amazing resource that you can tap into. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. It is an ebook that I created just for you. If you want to make sure that your business is represented very well and very effectively in the online space, including on a website, uh, on a blog, on social media, then being able to follow these very simple steps to be able to build up a customer base that is dying for exactly what you got That's what this book is all about. Go find out more at bizwomenrock.com. I am still buzzing from this conversation. So just in case you have not figured this out yet, usually what I do is I have the interview with my guest and then after we're all done, immediately I come back and I record this introduction so that everything's really fresh in my memory, the energy's there, everything. And uh, man, and thankfully there's so many times that I'm like still jumping out of my seat and this is one of those times. Rita Goldberg is my guest. You are so going to love her. Please finish the entire interview because she rocks it. Um, She owns British Swim School, which started as a, I'm going to figure out how to provide, you know, swim lessons in Britain uh, back in 1983 in the basement of a Victorian house. And it it moved to the U.S. uh, in the 90s. And since then, she has built it up like crazy. She now has, she's in eight different states. She has 25 franchisees. And she has seven to 8,000 kids coming through her program every week. That's right. You heard me every week. Um, man, in this interview, there's so many great golden nuggets. Number one, what differentiates her from all of the other swim lessons uh, programs that are out there? Uh, and she's got a great answer for that. Number two, why she decided to franchise and how she ended up doing that, what that process was really like. Let's We shed some light on that. And, um, and what it's been like running a franchise business in addition to her corporate business. Um, and then just some really awesome insights as to how she's evolved over all these years and the lessons that she's learned and the huge mistakes that she's made. She is so open about all that stuff. And like I said, and I'm hoping that you could hear this in my voice, she is just an amazing woman who has built a multi-million dollar business teaching kids swim lessons and keeping them safe. And she's just so passionate about it. And uh, and you're going to hear that in her in her voice and in our conversation. So I hope you really enjoy it as much as I did. And I know you'll be buzzing after the conversation just like I am right now. So let's get into it with Rita. Rita, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. 
Well, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to your questions. Me too. Well, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you. I, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm a little bit giddy for a couple of reasons. Number one, because you're in my home state. Well, I shouldn't say home state. You're in the state that I live in now. Uh, in Florida, you're in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And um, and so I love just being able to talk to ladies from Florida. And um, and then secondly, because I was a swimmer myself growing up and actually did some sort of like part-time uh, swim swim coaching and, uh, you know, swim teaching and stuff like that. And I, I remember, I was mentioning this before we got on air, but I remember even back then looking at what a demand there was for swim lessons and just thinking like, man, if you could organize this, this could be really big. And I, and then when I was started researching about you and your company, I was like, oh, it's like one of those moments when it's like, that's awesome. She totally did it. So I'm so excited to let everyone in to, um, to your business and to share what your journey's been all about. So, um, so I got to ask this because this was the first kind of like weird little thing that hit me when I was researching you is that I expected British swim school to be in the UK. <laughs> and it's not. You're in Florida. So can you, but there's a reason for that. But can you tell a little bit of that, of that backstory? Well, yes. Um, we called it the British Swim School when we came to America because there's always been this great and very appreciated concept that the British do things fairly well. So that's really stood us in good stead along the way. But in actual fact, we did start in, in Manchester, in Great Britain. And um, I, I actually built this one of the very first swim schools in the country in the basement of a Victorian house. Uh, we had bought this Victorian house to do this project, um, it was a derelict house. It was falling down, but it had a huge basement, and it took an enormous amount of of, of time and energy to get planning permission, bank loans, etc. But the um, the project did get started and was incredibly successful. And then uh, ten years after that, we came to the states and started all over again. So I couldn't leave the British bit behind, really, and that's, <laughs> that's how it got the name. Love it. You had to stay true to the to the British feel, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to bring something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm very interested, and I, w- I want to start with you starting it here in the U.S. as far as how you structured it. Now, granted, you had had 10 years of prior experience kind of going through, you know, the evolution of how you were going to structure it. But how uh, how do you now structure your swim school? Meaning, like, what's the what's like the whole business model for it? Well, the business model, that there actually are two. One is the corporate side, and the other is the franchising side. And the corporate side started off by rebuilding um, indoor swim schools in Florida, which sounds uh, a little topsy-turvy to need indoor swim schools in Florida. But it really it did, because in the summer when the, the heat is here, it rains all the time. And in the winter, nobody swims because the outside pools have been very rarely heated. So it led me down the path to thinking, well, even though I'm in Florida, I need indoor pools. And I built a number of them over the years in um, warehouses and in shopping centers. And we took uh, about 3,000 square foot of space, put an indoor pool in with uh, changing rooms, reception, office, and opened my first one in uh, 93 in Coral Springs, Florida. Demographics were great. And we boomed and um, went on from there. I built a second one about uh, 15 miles away and a third one 30-odd miles away. 
And then just we, we just grew and grew in a fourth one about another 35 miles away from my original one. And that's how it happened. And the name, the name, my main aim in, in, in the swimming world was not to create Olympians, basically. It was to create safety. I was very, very keen on safety. And it seemed to me that there was a lot of teaching going on that really wasn't as safe as I wanted it to be. And I, I was one of the first pioneers of the backflow for little tiny children. And it has become now a stable part of my teaching of swimming that I actually developed my own, uh, my own methods in England before I came to America and then brought them here. And that's really the, the basis of the business. Wow. And uh, it has really... We, we go on to children all the way through up to team level, but that's not the basis of the of the business. The basis of the business is learn to swim Got and it. be safe in the pool. That is so cool. And I can attest to that. My brother, uh, his... Uh, how old is she now? When she turned two, they put her into swim lessons and that was the first thing that she one of the first things that she learned obviously she's like learning to hold on to the side of the pool like you know put her face in the water but one of the major first things is that like flipping over on her back to be able to breathe in case she freaks out in the in the water yeah that's so brilliant oh when i started in the business that that was not done nobody anywhere did that wow so, and so you know, it's great. So, do you you really build a pool, a, a whole indoor pool for every location? Like, are you you're never like partnering with like you know Parks and Rec or any schools that have pools or anything like that? Is there a reason that you're not doing that? Well, no. You see, what happened was um, I built all my pools and I ran them very happily for a long, long time, and then as um, as I sort of grew older and wiser, I started to see that going through our, our pools every every year were wonderful, wonderful teachers. They were young people who were at college and in a university, and most of them were aquatic-minded. Most of them had huge schooling loans, student loans, and because of the amount that it took to build an indoor pool, it really was prohibitive for them, even though they had business degrees, et cetera, and sports management degrees, to even consider building a pool. You know, even a few years ago, it took the best part of between 500,000 to a, a million to build a pool. Wow. And most young people were leaving the profession, and it is a profession. It's an absolutely joyful profession. And so I started to worry about how, you know, why can't we keep these people? Why can't we do this without having to build a pool? Because there are, as you just said, masses and masses of water around. Yeah. And so I started to really push with fitness centers and push and push until one day, after about eight years of knocking on the door, um, Bally Fitness actually allowed me to take some pool time. And it opened a whole new world. It was a new way to build a business. And we opened with them uh, tentatively down here in Florida. And then we did very, very well because we only paid them for the time we were in the pool. We only took a short amount of time. We didn't take all day, all night. We um, we had two or three pools in the area so we could do three days at one and three days at another so we weren't intrusive. And um, 
my light switch went on. I think this really is a great opportunity for people to make a wonderful living without building a pool. And so my franchise was developed along those premises. We actually sell our franchise without build-out. We have contracts throughout the country with fitness centers. We have contracts with hotels. We have contracts with school pools. We have contracts with um, not not uh, city pools, but uh, private um, rehab pools. We have contracts in high-rise apartment buildings that have pools. And that's how our franchise has become so uh, really fascinating to younger people, business people who see the potential of huge quick growth and no major outlay. And we're thrilled to pieces. You know, we're really, we're really excited about the future. That's awesome. Now, I want to just put this in perspective because, um, you know, I want to give just numbers for like the size that you reach. So uh, in a general um, idea, you have like seven to 8,000 kids every single week coming to your programs all over in the eight different states that you're a part of, right? Yes, we do. Man. Yeah, we do. And it's growing weekly. Yeah. So and, I- um, we're thrilled. <laughs> And I, I want to definitely get into the franchise conversation because I'm really interested in how you've structured that. But I, I want to ask this question first. I mean, you said from the beginning, like you just grew and you just grew and you just grew. What was working for you and what still works for you to market? Like, how are you getting the word out there about what you're doing? Because, you know, even Florida, I mean, um, we definitely have other swim, you know, swim lesson groups or different individuals who are providing swim lessons. I mean, the structure exists here already. So what what is making British Swim School so popular that you're growing to like seven to 8,000 kids per week through lessons? Well, I think, I think it's, it's, it's multifaceted. I don't think there's one answer to that. I think we are, I know we are an extremely professional organization. Our classes are taught in, um, in, in very professional ways by professional people who are school teachers. They're not at, at other multi-sports centers where they go off and then followed by swimming, teach soccer or teach dance or gymnastics. We have specifically trained, highly um, motivated teachers. That's number one. We only obviously go into warm indoor pools. That's very much our, our, our uh, modus operandi. We we have um, very good very good customer service that we're really keen to to be. It's the professionalism. I think we also have small classes. We don't have big groups. You go into a lot of places and there are eight to ten children in a group. We have very small. We have four in beginners classes and six in swimmers classes until you get to our team level. But. Um, I really do believe it. It's the way I think the program itself is is by far the best. As I say, we we I developed it and we honed it and rehoned it and we constantly adding and and, and researching. So it, it's all of those things. We treat the business as a business and as a profession. So we want all our staff to be incredibly professional and incredibly well trained. And we want everything to be right for our customers. And so far, thankfully, this is where we seem to be succeeding. Mm, I think that's fantastic. Do you have you used any specific 
like marketing campaigns that have worked really well for you throughout these years to help spread the word about how professional you guys are? I mean, I know when I somebody keeps saying on here, like I keep having women say over and over again on here, like, you know, what's the best marketing strategy that you've used? And over and over again, they say uh, having a phenomenal product and uh, letting the product speak for itself. And I'm a huge believer in that. But have you tried stuff throughout the year throughout the years, like maybe one particular marketing strategy that's worked better than others? I have to say that not really. I think I think marketing is so multifaceted that you have to keep doing different things. We have covered a range of um, from making sure all the schools and the preschools know about us. We do a lot of, of, of work in the community. The communities know about us. We do talks on water safety. We do local advertising. I, I have to say that I can't honestly say that one thing works more than others. It actually is even more um, non-definable than that because what works in Florida as our number one really doesn't work the same in, in, in Maryland as our number one. Right. You know, the, the number one that we find across the board is word of mouth. And that's that's not only the, the best you can get, but it's the most satisfying and, of course, the, the least expensive. But you can't rely on that. Now, you can once you're big, but once you're starting, you really have to go in, in every direction. We do, uh, we do fire drops. We do... Um, uh, Radio and television in the past, we have done, uh, we do a lot of, um, uh, you know, Facebook and we do obviously search optimization. So I honestly have to say that it's a, it's a, a wide, wide range. We, we have uh, people working for us. We, we, we have a PR company now for the franchise company. We have a sales company who are working for us who work with brokers. And, you know, every avenue that can be explored, we are constantly exploring. And that's business. I do believe that, you know, um, I will tell you a very quick story that when we went into the recession, I asked a, a, an expert, how are we going to get through all this? And he said, if you if you think that what you're doing um, is being good and if it isn't fixed, you know, it isn't broken, don't fix it. He said, if you stay the same as that, you'll fail. He said, mm-hmm. if something isn't broken, take it apart, rebuild it and try it in a different way. And I think that's a great philosophy. Keep trying different things in different ways. And I wish I could tell you there was one specific, but there really isn't. Yeah. I wish I wish I could be more specific for you, but I just can't. It's keep trying different things. I love that. And that makes total sense. Total sense. Um, yeah. So I want to get on to your franchise. Um, so you had done this as a private company for a while. When was the moment yeah. that you decided, I'm going to turn this into a franchise, and now I'm going to move forward with that? Well, there, was, there were two. There were two things. One, one was the one I mentioned about losing all these great people who could become business owners because they couldn't raise the money to build their own pool. And the other was that when the door opened uh, for Bali Fitness, they really it, it really came to light how profitable it was to work out of other people's locations rather than build your own. You don't have the, the heating, you don't have the lighting, you don't have the chlorination, you don't have the repairs. You only use the hours that you're there. And they asked us to go to uh, Maryland and to New York, and that's what we did. And it was very, very 
difficult. I don't know why I could not make it the success that I was making it down here in Florida. I didn't have the structure and I didn't have, I don't know, I just didn't get the right people in the, in the, in the right seats. Um, I realized very clearly that it was because there was no ownership. Down here, we had ownership. We were close. We were keen on what we were doing. We loved it. We were there at the drop of the hat. And so those two um, items began to form in my mind that we really need to look at franchising, to put people who want to have a great business, who haven't got the finances to raise multiple millions, and to and to who loved aquatics and loved children and wanted to save lives, we need to make that happen. And to do it in other people's locations was definitely the way to go. And we had we had two or three people on our um, extended staff who were working in different areas who said, "I'll buy a franchise," and the next one, "I'll buy a franchise." And those, you know, those people did and are doing amazingly well. And then we've grown from that. Uh, I, can't, I think that's the clearest way I can tell you that, that the light switch went on in my life. You know, franchising was definitely what I needed to do to make this idea a success. Mm. How, how shed some light on the franchising process in the beginning, to like to set that whole thing up? Because I think it's a little intimidating for a lot of women um, to oh, say like, yeah. okay, I want to franchise. And you're like, like all that comes to my mind is paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. I've, I have to go back and systemize <laughs> the past seven years of my company. Like that's oh what kind of comes to so mind. Right. Yeah. How did you go through that process? And what, what, chal- well, what was great about it? And what challenges did you have with yeah. it? Well, you, you, you couldn't have you couldn't have described it better. Um, <laughs> we started off by by doing it myself and my manager, who is now a franchisee, by the way. But um, <laughs> we started off by looking at our, at our, at our manuals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it, it became overwhelming. And I was very fortunate that down here in Florida, at the Heisinger School of Business, they run a uh, course each year, not a course, um, a conference each year on um, uh, emerging franchisee, emerging franchises. And I decided I would go and perhaps learn something I, you know, that would help me. Well, I got there and within one hour, I knew that I had to completely change my whole outlook. Oh, when wow. they said, um, I'm glad you're all here. As you all know, emerging franchises are emerging until they have 80 franchises. I, I, I couldn't breathe. I was completely overwhelmed. <laughs> wow. From that day, I decided to find the people that were out there that knew what I didn't know. And so I took on a franchise consultant and I took on a company to write manuals and I took on um, an advisor. I mean, just different forms of advice. I, I made contacts. And I would advise anybody. Some of this is expensive. Oh, oh the right lawyers as well. Um, some of it is expensive. But if you're already thinking of going into franchise, you probably are aware that you're in for a financial um, outlay of a lot of, a lot of money. Right. You know, it's not a cheap thing. But don't. My advice would be don't try to do it on your own. It's overwhelming. You need the support of a franchise consultant and support of a good legal people. And they will 
definitely direct you in the right direction. It got far less overwhelming at that point and, 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 and much more fun. Okay. <laughs> I didn't feel as though there was this huge gap between my knowledge and, and, and everything I was doing. So yeah. it was well it was well worth the money I spent on it. Mm. And I think that adds to the fact that we really have taken off so well. I, I don't believe it was luck. I think it was because I had all the right advice along the way. Mm, I love that. Now, the obvious question to me is now, how do you manage a franchise business and your swim lesson business? Because those are two things. Like I'm always, I'm I'm very adamant about the fact that like once you decide to franchise or even license mm-hmm. your product or idea or service, like that mm-hmm. managing that yeah. and, and making sales for that and, you know, continuing to feed that, it's, it's an entirely different business. So how have you... Um, manage the balance of the two of those businesses. You're absolutely right. It's completely different and it takes different people. In the beginning, like every new franchisee, I had my foot in both in both um, in both courts, and it ran me ragged, of course. And and I understand that we all will do this at the beginning because we don't simply have enough money, most of us, to not do it. But about a year in, I decided that I would get a manager for my corporates, and that's what I did, and it's really worked. We meet, we talk, we do have a once-a-week conference. Um, I meet with all the managers that are under him, just in his manager's meeting, and, I, and I, you know, we've got it in a nice hierarchy now where the manager of the corporates and schools does the work that I did. He comes to my office, uh, and it's his office, but he's within our office, and of course he uses our, our, all our um, crossover stuff like our marketing man and our everything is, is, is used by him for the sites, but he is in charge of the sites. And I can actually breathe again now. So <laughs> it was really the way to do it. It just takes a little while. It takes a while before you decide that you have to do it. Because uh, everyone's telling you you must. But yeah. you think, no, no, I can do this. I'm, you know, Wonder Woman here. But you really can't. Really <laughs> I don't know can't. who else thinks that. Jeez. <laughs> I think yeah. everyone is nodding their head right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am woman. I, I, you know, hear me roar. Yep. <laughs> but then the roar gets a lot quieter when you're exhausted. Yeah, very true. <laughs> I, I, I really do believe it's getting the right people. And that doesn't happen right away. And it doesn't happen the first time you think you've got the right one. You know, you go through a lot of, you kiss a lot of frogs before you've got the right people in place. But I think you have to get the right people in place. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree That's with you more on that. Thing. Um. So I have to ask you, in all of these years, I mean, we're talking decades from you starting this in the Victorian house, in the basement of the Victorian house in Britain mm-hmm. to yes. now, to now you have 25 franchi- franchisees. You've been labeled uh, from Entrepreneur Magazine as one of the top 50 franchises. I mean, you mm-hmm. have definitely gone through a massive evolution. <laughs> um, what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself as a businesswoman throughout this? Uh, well, I think I've, I've come to recognize something that I didn't know before. And, and that was that I just don't give up. I don't let the word no really enter into my life. 
every time I've taken a step forward, it's, it's been because someone says, oh, you can't do that, or you mustn't do that, or, oh, no, you, you, you're wrong, you can't do that. And I don't know that I have, you know, in my mind, why I can, I know what I'm doing, because very often I think as women we, we doubt ourselves. Mm. But I do know that when I think something is going is the right thing to do, I don't take no for an answer. I'm not aggressive. I'm probably too gentle in too many ways, but I don't take no. And that's the one thing that I have. When I look back even on my private life, you know, I realize that's probably who I am. And I certainly wasn't a spoiled child, so I don't know where it came from. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I was told many times, oh, you can't do that. You can't build a gym school in the basement. No, you can't do a franchise and, 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 and use other people's locations. And, you know, I did. <laughs> yeah. And it's because I refused to accept that you cannot do it. Oh, you'll never get a business loan. Well, I did. You know, it took me five attempts, but I did. And that's probably the biggest thing. You know, I, I got a little gift from my manager at Christmas, and, and it was two little silver bulldogs, and <laughs> they're British bulldogs. And that's apparently what my nickname is behind my back. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Man, you are yeah, you are not moving that bulldog. She's gonna do what she wants. Mm-hmm. Man, that's hilarious. Now, what about what about one of the most challenging things that you've experienced? Like something within all of these years that you've experienced that really just really stopped you, and and how did you get through it? Um. Well, so, I mean, you're really asking me for my mistakes, and and of course, like everybody else in in business. We make them. We all make them. I told you about the fact I didn't run the the, the, the um, out of town ballet successfully, and that. But that led me on to a good thing. But one really big mistake I made, and and this isn't across the board. I'm sure there are plenty of people who do this. But I had one of my locations which was quite large, and I decided I would put um, a gymnastic school into it. And it took quite a lot of financing to do that, and I did it, and it was a miserable failure. Mm. It took too much of my time. I couldn't get the right people. Again, I think that when I look back, if I'd a franchise, it might have worked. But, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I deeply believe that I personally have to do what I know. Not, not necessarily because I went from corporate to franchising. I didn't know franchising. But it's still within the realms of, of my familiarity. And um, I think going off in different directions was definitely a problem for me. That's one of the really big mistakes I made. I think the other, the difficult, one of the most difficult things that I found, and again, this is going back, well, it's going back many years, is that being a woman in business is definitely a challenge, or was. It, it is much, much better now. I don't think new entrepreneur women have any um, degree of difficulty that we had in the 80s and 90s. Right. I think people are much more open to you and, and much more willing to give you the time of day, really, listen yeah. to you. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I, I got my business loan in England from a bank that had been one of many who said no to me. And I had actually submitted um, a, a business plan to the predecessor or precursor of the Shark Tank, the one in England. Mm-hmm. And um, it was run slightly different, and I just put my business plan in there for fun. 
and I got a letter from them saying, whilst I hadn't come in the top 20, 10 rather, um, I had come in the top 20 and, and I wasn't going to be interviewed on television, but the top the top 20 got a guaranteed bank loan from Barclays Bank. Oh, wow. And that's where I got my bank loan from. I had to go back to the same manager who had turned me down and say, now you've got to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> that had to feel good. And it was, oh. was just great. That's so, awesome. You know, that, that, those were the, the challenges um, that were then. And I, I think they're still there, but I think they're not as difficult now. Yeah, yeah I really do. One of the challenges I have with the franchise now is that people don't visualize the size and the profitability of the business that we are offering. You know, people will look at a swim school as a franchise and think, oh, you can't make a great deal of money at that. Well, you can, and we do, and my franchisees are doing so daily. I'm talking high profits and high turnover. You know, I know that, um, that I think I can tell you this on, on air, but my top franchisee this year in her item 19 shows over a million dollars. Wow. And I have two or three of my um, franchisees chasing her with round about the $700,000 mark. Wow. So, you know, we know that this is a great business to buy. And you don't think that from it being like, okay, swim lessons, but, you know, like doing that yeah. in a very professional way, very organized, you know, it all starts making sense and it all adds up. Correct. Absolutely correct. Wow. It really does. And it's such a great business to be in. You know, when you're dealing with children, you're dealing with saving lives, you're dealing with fun because we do teach through fun. And, uh, you know, you go, you go in that water and teach. Not that I've done that for many years, but you go in that water and teach. And it's just being paid to have fun with the children. I mean, there's a purpose to it all, of course. But it's, it's, you forget all your worries when you're in there doing what you're doing. And the business itself is, is a very um, pleasant business to be in. And you never have to wear a business suit or a tie if you're a <laughs> I love that. Sounds like the, if you want to have a job where you are in your bathing suit all day long, this is a good one to do. <laughs> well, it's not the job. I mean, I'm, 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 under, I'm under selling the company because it really is a business and you, yeah. you really don't get in the water and teach after you've opened it much because you have to run the business. You have yep. to work on it rather than in it. You know, uh, but still, it's, it's still a very rewarding business. I love it. Well, Rita, I can't thank you enough for being here and for sharing about your story and about the company that you've built. It's just absolutely fascinating to me. And I can't wait to see it continue to grow. So big congratulations to you and all the successes you've had so far. And I'm well, just looking forward to you. seeing more of it. Oh, thank you so much. I really have enjoyed talking with you. And I will be in Tampa in November because Woo-hoo. British Swim School is holding its... Um, it's holding its conference in Tampa in Florida. So nice. We have, we have eight more possible, so it might be for 35 to 40 people. We never know. Bring it on, girl. we got to meet up. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, stay in touch. Thank you. BizWomenRock.com forward slash 209 is where you will get all the show notes for this conversation, including direct links to 
Rita's website. So if you want to check out and see if there are swim lessons available in your area or if you are possibly looking for a franchise opportunity, then you need to connect with Rita. So make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 209 to get more information about her. Now, I hope you had an awesome time today. I hope you really, really enjoyed this. And um, and if you did and it really, there was something that smacked you between the eyes, here are a few ways that I love knowing about that. I love knowing about that if you email me directly. You can do that at katie at bizwomenrock.com or you can put a comment on the website. I always love hearing comments going through on the website. It's awesome to me. So just go to the show notes page and you know post a comment there. I love that. Or you can just go on our private Facebook group or on our Facebook page or just anywhere in your social media and make sure you tag me or tag Biz Women Rock so I can see what you have to say. I love hearing from you and how these interviews are really, really touching you and really making you think about certain things or making you feel connected, making you feel like you're not the only one out there who's struggling or building or whatever the case is. So anyway, so I would love to hear from you. I hope you have a tremendous day and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. By the way, I'm fully aware that I always say I can't wait to see you on the next episode and technically I'm not seeing you, but um, you know, it sounds better than like, hey, I'll hear you on the next episode. (laughs) So I hope you know that that's just like a saying whatever, but uh, so I'm just going to stick with that. I'll see you on the next episode.